This is Melissa, and it is the 9th of April, 2023. And for the Redux today, I had already chosen a talk, listened to it several times, thought about it throughout the week, and looked at some news that correlated with it. And then I woke up this morning early and thought, I can't do that. It's Easter. I need to do something different. So I gave it some thought, went looked at the website, and I ended up choosing to edit a portion of a talk that Alan Watt did on October the 11th, 2006, entitled Truth Versus Ego. I've already put this talk up as a redux, redux number 42, on January the 9th, 2022. But I thought that a little section of this excerpted would be good for Easter. At the beginning of the talk, Alan is discussing that he's going to be doing these blurbs and what the blurbs are because one of his starts was being invited to a lot of different Christian radio programs. And Alan was explaining that he's not been welcomed back to some of the Christian shows that had him on because he just doesn't speak about things in the way that they think that he ought to. So I think this is a really good segment. Um, sometimes I've heard the complaint that Alan wasn't, that he was heterodox, he was not orthodox, that that he was against religion, which was not true. He often said that religion was, that all religions were stepping stones to higher truths. He understood that religions had always been used for control, and he also understood that there was a lot of good and truth to be found in religions. So though these, his approach might seem contradictory, I think if you become familiar with his work over the years, you start to make sense of the contradictions. There are two things that he mentions that's just kind of funny when I was listening through it again. He mentions at one point in this segment that I extracted the idea that people are purpose-made for, dif for different purposes. And I've just concluded the Purpose Made People excerpt series that I put up every Wednesday. And then he went on uh, towards the end of this segment to say that people pay to be programmed. They pay to be programmed into what they've already chosen to believe. And that was another ironic little thing because thanks to the help of my friend and the listener, Mike, up in Ontario, Canada, we will be launching a new excerpt series that I'll start this upcoming Wednesday entitled Programmed People. And Mike said that one of the reasons why this series occurred to him is because there are a lot of ways that you can get into Alan's material. You can dive right into the occult, the esoteric. It's easy for a newcomer to become lost in some of these concepts. So this series, I think, has some 
use for longtime listeners because I've enjoyed all of the excerpts that Mike has sent me so far. But I also think that it is an excellent series for people who are newer to the process of understanding this ancient agenda. So I also wanted to mention, just to get the announcement kinds of things out of the way, that I've received a warning and then a strike from a channel not to be named. And I'm looking for a different outlet for some of the things that I put up. I think I will use some channels a little bit differently, maybe even put the work of other people up if I think it's something that I want to bring to your attention. And I'm going to exercise just a lot more care with what I choose to put up on different outlets. I thought that I was being careful, but I guess that medical misinformation just rolls off my tongue so easily. So look out for that. If you don't see what you're looking for on YouTube or BitChute, always please go to the main website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see the other links to all the other websites up there. And you will always know at least three times a week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday, what's going on. And I am going to try as, as this one-woman show to come up with some new ideas of how to distribute Alan's material, what's right for what outlet. But before I go to this excerpt, I just wanted to mention, so I woke up this morning thinking it's Easter, I have to do something different. And I started thinking about what Easter is in the Christian tradition. So here's just a little breakdown there. I know that there are listeners who were raised atheist or who were raised a-religious or who, you know, never gave it a thought. Ash Wednesday is the kickoff to the period of Lent, which is the 40 days or the six weeks that come before Easter. On Ash Wednesday, ashes are taken and a priest will actually make the sign of a cross on your forehead. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. In the period of Lent, there is this penitence, and it's often giving something up, like sugar or alcohol. Sometimes it's just adding something in, like every day, you're going to read the Bible, or every day you're going to do something kind for someone. These are the kinds of ideas that people think about during the period of Lent. And then there's the Holy Week, the week before Easter. And that starts off with Palm Sunday, which symbolizes the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem, a triumphant entrance. And I was looking for some images to go along with that on the little video that I make. And I thought I saw masked priests, you know, uh, for the COVID operation, masked priests and masked faithful carrying their palm fronds. That's so sad. Then during the Holy Week, you will have stations of the cross. 
And that is when you will observe all of the different, there are 14 stations of the cross, and you will see images of Jesus carrying the cross and the image where he falls for the first time. And then he falls again. And then you will see the, the imagery. These are usually iconic little relief sculptures that hang in churches. And they nail Jesus to the cross. And then Jesus dies. And he's taken down. His body is given to his mother. So you go through the stations of the cross. Then Monday, Thursday, is when Christ lays out the model for communion. That is the mass that is to follow the blood and the body of Christ and the washing of the feet. So the apostles washed each other's feet, but it was also demonstrating to the faithful that they would be servants of one another, that they were to minister to one another's needs. He said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Good Friday commemorates the actual crucifixion of Jesus. Sometimes the stations of the cross are done there. Some Protestant churches don't do anything at all for Easter or Holy Week or Lent leading up to it. You cannot tell the time of the year at some churches. But the Catholics, the Anglicans, the Episcopals, and many different denominations of Protestants go through this calendar liturgy. The word Easter might come from the Dutch Ooster or the German Ostern or Ostro. The Ostro comes from the Germanic goddess of spring. This has been denounced, of course, by many Puritans and some Protestants as non-biblical, the whole concept of the Holy Week, the Easter idea. But the egg has long symbolized new life. Yes, in pagan cultures, spring, rebirth, the early Christians of Mesopotamia stained the eggs red to represent the blood of Christ. So these are long traditions, and some of them are very beautiful and inspiring. And it doesn't really matter what you believe. I love one of the things that Alan says in this excerpt, that we have to have differences, that ideologies are very bad, that that ideologies are dangerous. Differences must be respected. The more differences we have, the more that we can be assured that we're living in cultures and communities that truly represent what humanity is about. And he said, you can see when someone is trying to win the argument and sway you over to their way of thinking that you might be looking at a potential control freak. So wherever you are and whatever you believe and however you celebrate that or don't today, I wish you a happy Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Hi, this is Alan, and it's going on to, well, it is 11th of October, already 2006, 
and I'll probably do more of these blurbs, as I call them, uh, since I, it seems my bridge is being burned behind me. I find a lot of the, the Christian radio stations, now that they know where I stand, haven't been calling me back. And that's okay, because you have to be true to yourself, and you can't allow yourself to be used by other people who have their own agendas. And really, that's what a lot of them do. They bring someone on who bring the guests to listen in, and they try to how do you agree with their particular formats or belief system where God's in control and after they terrify the public for half an hour or an hour, they tell you God's in control and so sit back and let it happen. On the other hand, you have the the very, you know, new age type shows which are deliberately set out there probably by the CIA, whose job it is to make people live in a fantasy world where nothing is real anymore, and uh, don't worry about what's happening in your life or around you, or to you even, um, it doesn't matter. Uh, just try and get out-of-body experiences, and uh, let's look for a face on Mars, perhaps, etc., uh, etc. Et and it gets monotonous, in a sense, when, you're, when you have to cater to particular deliberate agendas. Some, of course, just want to make money. And fascination will always attract people. We're all use imagination. That's part of living. Imagination is, is, is part of creativity, and it's also part of a relaxation, a natural tranquilizer. Whether you're reading a book or, in fact, just letting your mind ramble into places unknown, that's, that's good for you at times, but you can't live in it forever, and you can't take it for serious. Uh, a lot of the stuff they're talking about because they're trying to literally disable your conscious mind from being critical in its analysis of what's happening around. This is not to say, however, that personal experience is irrelevant. In fact, it's the opposite. Personal experience, as opposed to group experience, perhaps, is the ultimate because it's all you really have to go by. And it doesn't have to fit into the realm or the understanding of anyone else. It's interesting that the Catholic Church, for instance, uh, for all of its dogma, uh, gave up many, many, many truths for individual life. And one of them was to do with even a ghost. Uh, they didn't attempt to explain a ghost except, and they didn't call it demonic necessarily. Uh, they would say that it was the recipient that it was sent to. And only the recipient would understand the purpose. It was up to the recipient of the encounter. It wasn't just a happenstance thing. So that the paranormal certainly was never ruled out. The problem with the Catholic Church is it used the paranormal, at least the fear of things, primarily through imagination and repetition, uh, to control people, as all religions do, including what is the New Age movement. The New Age movement was set up by those at the very, very top of the pyramid of Freemasonry. And their magazine was called The New Age. And they talked about bringing in a new earth religion, which would encompass all the old religions, the ones that had worked under times of totalitarianism in, 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 in centuries gone by, um, in millennia gone by even. Because that which fascinated humankind thousands of years ago still fascinates them today. And because they understand 
and yet the sciences and the histories of the studying of the human populations for thousands of years in archives, that the hive of the ark, you might say, as opposed to what they give you, which is a public library, um, they understand that those, those which, things which fascinate you can always fascinate you, and teenagers especially are fascinated by that which they sense, mainly, is beyond them, is, is near them, is beyond them, is around them, and it's no coincidence that poltergeist activity, for instance, happens primarily with children who are just nearing or going through puberty and then tends to just die off, fade away. Much speculation has gone on to the cause of this. Is it, is it something to do with the parts of the brain, the silent area, the large part of the brain, which uh, supposedly they tell us they cannot find the purpose? That's why it's called the silent area. Um, but something is triggered during that period. And it doesn't matter how many scientists tell you that's impossible, that kind of thing can't really exist. And sure enough, for everyone that, that, that's true, there's probably a, a few hundred of, of um, frauds out there. Um, it doesn't make it any less true to the individual who experiences it. I personally would um, love to believe everything is scientific, and you must accept that things can be done scientifically in this day and age. And so that cannot be discounted. But your personal experience of life must also be um, accepted for people need meaning. People are always saying that they want truth, but they don't really want truth. They want something which is familiar. They want a guarantee that if they come at the next step to waking up, um, they'll be guaranteed to be able to handle it, and that isn't the case. Not everyone can truly wake up. Many people can wake up to the first step, which is simply understanding what's happening in the world around them and to them and where it's going, and they can follow the speeches given by various people done through the last hundred years or so, and it all begins to make sense to them. But that's only one level of, of this whole process. There are other levels, much deeper, which go beyond the media, the news, the meetings, and the statements that have been made, because there is a real occult side to this, a real hidden side, and that's what occult means. A hidden side and a hidden religion, which um, is the only way they've been able to keep a hold of their goals and guide it down through many, many, many centuries from ancient times. Uh, the saying in Freemasonry, which is to perfect that which was left imperfect, is not a new saying. It was said thousands of years ago. And what they mean by that is to perfect, number one, mankind, primarily, remake man in a better image, not a, a haphazard, hurried one, uh, scientifically, purpose-made, you might say. A designer man for his, a, a design function. And everything else in nature would be redesigned and perfected because nature, on the one hand, is a big obstacle to the elite. What is true, that nature cannot be your friend either. It can and can't. It depends on the time of year and the seasons and where you happen to be and the circumstances you're in at the time. Let's be honest about this. When we're sitting in a cozy, warm house, it's very easy to, to fall into the traps of the propaganda that's put out uh, constantly on all media to do with we've got to love nature, we've got to you know, respect and love it. 
and take care of it. It sounds all wonderful and natural, etc. But from the earliest of days, we've had to fight nature as well. When you are cold and you're hungry and it's snowing or it's pouring rain and, and, and there's, there's trees falling down with lightning around you, no nature also has a mind of its own. And you are irrelevant in nature's scheme of things when it comes down to it, uh, just as irrelevant as a deer being brought down by a wolf. Uh, because we're human, doesn't make any difference to nature. So nature has been um, studied tremendously. And through the secrets of nature, the sciences, that's what they mean by the secrets of nature, they decided a long time ago to first understand it and then change it. And like everything else in this particular religion that runs everything, they will, they will control it. They want to control nature. Everything that's happening today in every sphere is about planned control. The control freaks are here indeed. And they have no tolerance for differing points of view on anything which is given out as being politically correct at the time. And in fact, uh, they would try and squash a square peg into a round hole uh, rather than, than just admit they're wrong. That won't happen. We saw that in the Soviet Union. When they, they found people who just didn't fit into the Soviet system, whose thoughts were not molded uh, along the Soviet agenda, who didn't parrot the proper phrases automatically and, and, and force themselves to believe it. And, and those people were punished severely because ideology is a tremendous, tremendous enemy of humankind. Ideology is a terrifying thing in all ages. Ideology is a destroyer. In this world, you must have differences. I've met people who have, I think, are friendly arguments with. And then when you want to say, well, we'll leave it at that, we can agree to differ, and go home thinking no more about it, only to find out they can't, they can't stop. Their job to them is to make you agree with them. And I have met people in my life, done through my life like that. And, and that means potentially they're a control freak. So the ones at the top have the same traits of many of, of, many of those at the bottom. It's a human trait of many people. Not all, but many people. You have to accept the, the differences in society to have peace. It must be that way. Otherwise, it's uniform. There is no uh, free thought. There's no free opinion on anything. There isn't even a free discussion on anything because people will simply gang up on you and kill you for being different. And it's a sad statement on society. You know, religion is full of very, very true allegories. That's why we're given them. And the bringer of bad news, for instance, is often killed by the mob who demanded to hear it in the first place. And that's partly true of what's happening to me at the moment as well. I don't teach people who aren't certain, or at least I'm not certain, who want to be woken up. What they really want is a truth they've already decided upon. In other words, what they want to tell you, what they already believe. That isn't seeking truth whatsoever. 
And if you, if you veer off from where they want you to go, in other words, you're not giving them the answers they want to hear, they will turn on you. And that's why traditionally, done through all religions, all the bringers of truth or messiahs or whoever, call them what you want, uh, the, the mob that followed them at one point are the same mob that jeer them when they're dying. And those people are called the profane, those in the darkness. Why are they in the darkness? Because they want to be there. They would only move from the darkness to somewhere else if they had a guarantee that it would already fit their existing paradigm, their idea of what it should be like. So when people ask me, how do I wake up, how do I go further, I don't give them a, sta a pat answer, uh, a one-size-fits-all answer. You have to first be sure the person is serious. You have to get inside their, their headspace to find out where they are at in their headspace. How much do they truly understand? What are they capable of understanding? What are they, are they willing to give up in order to understand? And most truly are not willing to give up many, many of their, their pet beliefs. So, you're back to square one, they're not looking for truth at all. They're looking for a guarantee. They're looking for someone to say, they're there, don't worry, it's going to be all right for you. Others think they can buy truth. And so they go into organizations where the program, and I use the word program because they're, they're given the program, this is what you're going to be taught, this, this stage, that stage, and so on and so on. And they pay to be programmed. And I say program is a neutral term. It depends on the intent and the end product of it. Just like education. It can be either one too. But people pay to be programmed. And really what they've done is pick the religion they'd already believed in. It's the one they already had decided upon. So they go religion shopping. And the New Age movement has more books put out in the last 30 years than maybe all the books on Christianity and that takes some beating. And every week there's a new fad, a new super talker who says super things, which is all the rehash of the old stuff, really. And they'll pull in either the, you know, the usual stuff, it's either astronomy, astrology, tarot cards, um, teacup reading, that's, that's not really trendy today because it's just it's too pat to too vague for people. Uh, and right down to even using pendulums. There are people who went through the pendulum period of the New Age who cannot make a decision without swinging a pendulum to find out if it's the way they're supposed to go. This is madness. It's madness. The people today are so terrified of everything they want something else to reassure them that it's going to be all right without being willing to work on themselves. The New Age movement doesn't encourage you to truly look at yourself on a daily basis. What it does is train you to ignore all those around you because you and yourself are you really a good person. In fact, you're all that matters. 
for any truth, any high truth that's ever come to people has come on self-reflection. Because you can't change those around you by making it so. You can, but you can sure work on yourself. You are the material. And you can work on yourself. And that is a place a lot of people do not want to go. Self-reflection is what brings you to, to different levels of understanding. Those who can't understand the teaching or take it or, or are willing to follow through in it will turn against the teacher. That standard. That is standard all done through time. In the movie The Matrix, Morpheus only promised Neo the truth. That's all. Didn't offer him a, a comfortable answer, a comfortable explanation, a comfortable ending to anything. But domesticated people in this, what is called, civilization, where we've been trained from birth to be managed and to accept we're being managed. And that's a more recent phenomena, really at least more openly uh, in, its, in its manifestation. We're, we're taught that we're being well-managed, but people want guarantees to be well-managed no matter what headspace they get into, what, what understandings they get into. They want to be reassured that um, there's no suffering involved, no pain. People are egocentric. They want to avoid pain and seek pleasure. That was, that's been taught steadily since the 1950s onwards. This is a great way to control people. Because only through uh, waking up and looking around and, and taking the pain are you able to perceive what's going on. Mm -hmm.